Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sherlock. Sure, listen. The podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sherlock. Sure, listen. 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 Ah, very good, Benjamin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back after last weekend's unexpected hiatus. Don't worry, Ben has done his time in the punishment cubes, and now we're back on track. They're awful places, those punishment cubes. I'd much rather a bloody pleasure sphere. No use, Benjamin. When you saw that leather-clad biker daddy coming to get you, and he said that you're going to put you in the punishment cube, you thought it would be synonymous with pleasure sphere. But I'll tell you what, it wasn't. It was Judge Dredd, I'm saying. It was Judge Dredd, Benjamin. Sure, look, we've no time for this kinky shit, Benjamin, because we've got loads of stuff to talk about this week, including big daredevil news... She-Hulk is generating some buzz on the internet, Benjamin. We've got more trailers for superhero shit than you've ever seen in your entire life, including The Umbrella Academy and The Boys Season 3. You and I have both seen Love, Death and Robots. Only one version of me has seen everything everywhere all at once. But there might be another version of you somewhere out there in the multiverse who has in fact seen it. Sure, listen, Michael, if that wasn't enough, and it actually might be. Probably this is. Week, we're not, Let's be honest. We're not sure. But we're going to be taking a look at the multiverses outside of Marvel, because Marvel's kind of dominating the multiverse lately, Michael. And we're going to take a look at some of the things that are multiverse centered, but not necessarily Kevin Feige's domain. Multiverses, Ben, they're so hot right now, to quote one version of Derek Zoolander. Yes. Benjamin. Yes. One of the biggest multiverses is Daredevil. <laughs> that's not true I'm doing great segues this week Ben that's what that's going to be my goal it's just great segues everything's going to be about the multiverse that's not true like popular uh, culture at the moment <laughs> it's not true at all we did get some excellent news for long suffering Netflix Daredevil fans and that is that he's getting his own little Disney Plus series Michael he's starring coming, one at Charles Cox one Charlatan Cox Benjamin he's coming back Benjamin and he's going to be doing a kick and a flip Benjamin yeah. We were talking about this up on the Discord the other day. Yeah. You can hop up on it. Anyone can hop up on the Discord, Ben. The link is down below in the description. Get up on it. Hop up on it there. But Benjamin, we were talking about it and we were saying, oh, I hope it's not going to be too PG-13. Uh, that's one of the things, Michael. One of one of the things that really set Daredevil, the Netflix series, apart was the sheer grittiness of it, Michael. Oh, Benjamin, it was as much grit as there was in my teeth after I had some Dublin Bay muscles. Yeah, it was, um, that's a gripping image, Michael, thank you. Yes, very good. But one of the things that set it apart was those heavily choreographed violent fights. In fact, way back when this podcast first existed, Michael, we mm. had a bloody a bloody fantastic episode where we looked at fighting in the things, and Daredevil was one of the most realistic, we were told. That was with Coach Clive, Benjamin. That was with Coach Clive. Our second ever episode, that was a long time ago. Benjamin's. Yeah. I tell you what's not going to happen now, though. What? I tell you what, Karen Page isn't going to get hooked on heroin, become a prostitute, and then be killed by by Bullseye. That's probably not going to happen, Michael. Probably unlikely in a Disney Plus. Unlikely to happen on a Disney Plus show. It's unfortunate, I guess, if if you're into that ultraviolence, but the Disney Plus shows are a very sanitised version of a lot of those characters. Moon Knight was something that everyone was kind of like, ooh, it's going to be P- it's gonna be over 18s, it's going to be really violent. It wasn't. 
It wasn't very violent at all. It was all still comedy cartoon violence. Yeah, and very disappointing overall if you're, you know, If you want comedy cartoon violence, Benjamin, I've been thinking about Moon Knight and how it kind of let us down on the ultraviolence side. Not even ultraviolence, the realistic violence side. There was no realistic violence, Michael. None whatsoever, Benjamin. It was just standard comic book carry-on. Now, we did get little violent flashback scenes where there was lots of violence. There was, the aftermath of violence was witnessed quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we'd seen that, that might have been quite violent. But aside from that, Benjamin, there was lots of flipping about and we really, we really lacked seeing that what everyone hoped for, Benjamin, uh, clearing out the apartment building of wrongdoers by Mr. Knight, just what? going around punching people in the head. Why didn't we get that, Michael? We deserved that. We deserved it. We came up with it, Benjamin. So I don't think we're going to be seeing that in Daredevil Season 3 either. Uh, I, I, is, do you think it's going to be a continuation or a reboot? I think it's going to be one of those things where it could be either if you thought about it for too long. Ah, okay. They're going to, they're going to assume that everyone understands the backstory and perhaps continue an event they've become accustomed to, perhaps. Benjamin, remember The Incredible Hulk by Marvel in 2008? Yeah. It's probably going to be like that, where it's like oh, all of that that's stuff real happened. Bad. All of that stuff happened, but you don't need to worry about it. Yeah. Uh, speaking about uh, things that we remember from 2008 and The Incredible Hulk, Emil Blonsky was in a trailer this week. Uh, he's back, Benjamin. He's back. Tim Roth. He'll do anything. <laughs> it's all Timmy Roth. All Timmy Roth, Benjamin. Benjamin. Yeah. I tell you what, this trailer has blown the roof off the internet, Benjamin, in terms I... of being divisive. Ah, are, are there a few lads with with beards that reach down past their necks, Michael? Benjamin, I tell you what, I think a lot of people didn't realise that She-Hulk was going to be about a woman. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think it's taken a lot of people by surprise, to be honest. <laughs> I think uh, there's, a, there's a lot of shock in the internet community that there's going to be a lot of women in this. It's gonna be a, it's, it's gonna be a lot of women. This, Michael. I have to say, I'm excited for She-Hulk. I watched that trailer and went, "Oh yeah, this is a bit different." I'll, I'll take that. Sometimes, Benjamin, all you want is a bit different, a little bit of strange in your <laughs> That's life. All I want, a little bit of strange, a little bit of strange um, in your life. And in this particular case, Michael, I, I, I don't know. I think it's got, I think it's got legs. I think She-Hulk's got legs, Ben. Big, long, sexy ones. Is that what you're saying? Uh, legs for days, Michael. But come here to me. Yes, go on. It's a very tonally different gig. And it's it seems to be, Michael. Yes, go on. I am a little bit concerned that it's walking a, a tightrope between a, appealing to women and stereotyping the fuck out of them based on sex in the city. Oh, it's Sex and the City with superheroes, is what you're saying. Ben. It's 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 pretty on the it's it's pretty on the nose at certain points in the trailer. There's the bit where the one bit that made me kind of go, "Oh God, that's very cringy." Is the bit where the woman is like, "Your ass is popping right now," oh, and yeah, she does good. like a little. And I was like, "Oh, that's that's a that's low hanging fruit." Oh, very <laughs> low hanging fruit, Benjamin. I thought it was fantastic because if there's one thing that modern women still love. It's tone deaf early two thousands show Sex in the City. Uh, it, there is there is a big old whack of Sex in the City off it in places. Yeah, yeah, it still appeals to the modern woman. Ben, people just love Sex in the City still. I tell you what, though, go on. There's been some complaints about the CGI, Ben. Uh, what complaints have there been about the CGI? Well, the, I suppose the, real, the the main complaint, Benjamin, is that big giant green woman isn't very realistic looking. What were people expecting, Michael? I don't know, a realistic big giant green woman. What does a realistic big giant green woman look like? 
to uh, to each person, Ben, there is no answer to that question because I've never seen one of you. Uh, no, not not in this reality. Not in this reality or any other, Benjamin, except your dreams. Benjamin, when she picked up that man and she took him back to the bedroom for a sexy time. Yeah, that was some sloppy CGI. That was some odd CGI, but I was thinking, Benjamin, that you probably had to have a little bit of a sit down after that because you have that blog about big muscular women that you keep. <laughs> yes, Michael, Remember you, that's you had me. Natalie Borkman yeah. on there the other week. <laughs> that's me. No, that was actually, sorry, now that I'm thinking about that for half a second, that was you, Michael. Oh, no. Yeah, and you were talking about the best performance enhancing drugs to make your lady the best she can be. <laughs> so she can pick you up and take you to the bedroom. Yeah, Benjamin, that was you. It's on my yeah. uh it's on my um it's on my blog site www.dublindaymuscles.com. <laughs> of the two of us, the person who is more likely to have one of those blogs is you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. www.dublindaymuscles.com, Benjamin. Benjamin, I'm excited about it. I'm absolutely very excited about it, but uh, there's a little joke there for you. <laughs> That's the best joke you've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> Benjamin! Yeah? Speaking of big muscly units, <laughs> yeah. what, what's going on in the Umbrella Academy Season 3? I haven't seen that trailer. Tell us about it. Uh, so Luther's, Luther is there, speaking of big muscly units. Uh, but Michael, at the end of Season 2 of the Umbrella Academy... And spoilers if you haven't seen a television series that came out over two years ago, three years ago. Now. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, Benjamin. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen season two? No. Oh, ah, of the heel. I, I haven't seen it, Benjamin. Oh, that's surprising to me, Michael. Oh, yeah, no, it's a fucking disaster, to be honest. Oh, right, okay. Um, it, well, that's the end of the Pop Culture Podcast for this week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Michael apparently has given up on all things pop culture. <laughs> well, I'm actually going to have a little... I'm going to have a irony. little... I'm gonna, well, no, this is very worrying, Michael, because I'm consistently shit at being a co-host and watching things. <laughs> this is the first time it's ever happened to you, so this is actually a red flag. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit down and have a little mental health chat with with Mick here. And season uh, that, two just didn't grab me, Ben. It, it just, didn't grab you. It didn't get no, you. It, season two is season two set in in, in Kennedy era America. Tis. I think that is the most boring period of pop of of history, human history. Right. I think that is the most. I just do not care for sixties Americana. I, it does absolutely nothing for me. It it really chaps your buns, so it to speak. It doesn't even chap my buns, Ben. Because at least if something chapped my buns, like if a, like if let's say there was a woman in a show called She Hulk, um, at least then I'd be annoyed <laughs> and passionate about it. But I just have no time for. The Kennedy era. As soon as the nah. show goes, this year, we're going back to Dallas, Texas in 1960. Oh, no. Oh, Please no. don't. I don't care who was on the grassy canole. Ah, uh, the old grassy canole. Who was on the grassy canole this time, Ben? He uh, says, I think moments it after was, saying he doesn't care. I think it was Reginald Hargreaves. See, I knew it would be someone. Oh, no, sorry. It's not Reginald Hargreaves at all. It's Agent uh, the Little Fella. Agent thirteen, yeah, the little fella, Agent thirteen. He's he's on the grass now. Anyway, it doesn't matter, Michael, because the end of that season, yes, uh, they they bloody hop dimensions, Michael. Get out of here. Well, they don't exactly hop dimensions, but what happens is they go back to the future. They attempt to go back to the future, Michael, but they've changed too bloody much. Oh no, in the, the timeline is different, and they find themselves in the sa- the the same time 
zone as season one. But Michael, there's a whole new Umbrella Academy and it's not even called the Umbrella Academy anymore. It's called the Sparrow Academy. Oh my God. I know, it's how are, crazy. How are they going to cope? Uh, well, it doesn't look like they're coping very well, Michael. There's lots of scraps. There's lots of fighting uh, set mm. to the to the ballroom blitz. Oh, very good. A good song for uh, an action scene. Yes, it's a very good song for an action scene. There's a big old scrap happening between the Umbrella Academy, which now technically doesn't exist in this new dimension, mm. and the Sparrow Academy, which is a, bi- a big bunch of dickheads, Michael, apparently. Oh, very good. Yeah, but the thing is, Reginald Hargreaves found another set of babies and made the Sparrow Academy, and now the Umbrella Academy are at a loose end. They're like, oh, oh right. what are we going to do? Um, but are... they've created, <clears throat> naturally, Michael, they've created something called, I, I didn't really catch it, but I think it's called the Kula Blitz or something like that. Okay, sounds like a delicious drink. And the Kula Blitz, because it does actually sound really, really nice. It, the Kula Blitz has caused, it's it's an, it's a classic time travel dimension crippling thing the Kula Blitz is seeking to rectify the damaged timeline but in doing so it will wipe everything out oh oh we've seen yeah. something like that before it's a MacGuffin Michael yeah it's a classic MacGuffin Benjamin watch out here comes the Tommyknockers not the Tommyknockers the Langoliers the Langoliers Michael but come here to me it's very reminiscent of Russian Doll season one um, oh go on is it a- uh, well, Russian Doll has that notion of a repeating timeline. It's a little bit like Groundhog Day, but with existential horror sprinkled in there. Groundhog Day is an existential horror, Ben. One of the worst uh, things it that is, happen to It is, but this person. one is an on-the-nose existential horror, Michael. Ah. Um, but the recurring loop is deteriorating over time because it's trying to reset itself. Um, is, is, a, is this a recurring loop episode as well? No, it's not. It's just a timey-wimey, dimensiony-wenchiony, ah, loopy-woopy kind of gig. Very good, Benjamin. I, I'll probably give it a watch then. I will, I will. I am going to definitely be watching season three, Michael, because uh, I have watched season two and it's it's probably, it, hopefully it closes the loop. One Elliot Page is in it, Michael. Oh, Elliot Page. I'm familiar with, with his work. Yep. Um, and they're, they have uh, comfortably allowed him to transition. They're not going to spend too much time, according to the showrunners, uh, bothering trying to explain it away. It just is what it is. Oh, it is what it is. And so I quite like that. Like, is the yes, character that's... that Elliot Page now a male character? Yes. Oh, how interesting. Yes. It's Victor now, not Vanya. Victor, Victor not Vanya. Very interesting, Benjamin. The character reflecting real life. Benjamin. Yes. The trailer that excited me most this week. And go that's on. unusual coming from me, Benjamin. A die hard in the wool. I'm mixing my metaphors. Marvel fanboy. You are was, a Marvel fanboy. Um, bloody die hard in the wool, Ben, as they say. Um... Bloody well, The Boys Season 3 looks spectacular. Uh, Anthony Starr just steals that show every single time, Michael, and the series has finally realised it and just been like, let's just make it about him. Let's make it about Anthony Starr, the absolute lunatic. Yeah. Um, I, I think this one suffers a little bit, Michael, from too much giving away in a trailer. Oh, do, do go on then. Well, we at the end of Season 2 of The Boys, Michael, we saw that we Huey... Yeah. Or just Huey in this case, because he's not Scottish anymore at all. Yeah, he seemed to have defected. Yes, he's just Huey. He seemed to have defected, Michael, to uh, uh, an upstanding American senator running for office. Mm. Yeah, um, it was a very unnecessary accent. I apologize to everybody. But in this particular case, we, we see very, very quickly in the trailer Huey admitting that it's all gone wrong and we need to do a butcher's way. We need to kick in some heads, so to yeah, speak. Yeah. He was uh, yeah. he was joining the other team to get things done, Benjamin, but it was all a ruse. 
It was all a ruse. Something's gone horribly wrong in the state of Denmark, Michael. Mm. Um, it looks like we're going to get some heavy satire on the American news media beast. Good. Um, because we see Homelander giving the same sound bite over and over and over. I thought that was very good and very creepy and very good. It's very good and very creepy and very unnerving. And then the line that really has me excited, Michael, is I am so excited for everyone to meet the real me. Yeah, I'm the like, real Oh, that's not going to end well, is it? The worst. The, the worst. Homelander, no good. He's, he's the worst. He's got a mammary obsession. Benjamin. Yes. This season looks like it's Marvel's turn to get it in the year. It looks like Marvel's getting a good old-fashioned kicking, boys. They're going to have a Scarlet Witch, Benjamin. They're going to yes. have a... They're going to have a... Whatchamacallum? A Captain America, played by Jensen Ackles, your favourite actor, and mine, Jensen Ackles. Soldier Boy. Yeah. But he's Captain America, Ben. Yes, he's just Captain America, Michael. Is he doing lasers? I don't know if Captain America does lasers, does he? Captain America doesn't do lasers, but the trailer seems to imply that, imply that Soldier Boy is going to be doing some lasers. I think... Uh, are, are we going to get the, the, the inference, Michael, that Soldier Boy is kind of a Homelander 1.0? Is that what it is? Is, is that what it is? Is that what's is he going the on? the original psychopathic all-American man? Is that what's going to happen? And he's got a big bushy beard, a great big bushy beard. A great big bushy beard. Yeah. yeah, Benjamin, the only thing I felt this trailer was lacking was the song um, Ballroom Blitz. I mean, it would have really tied the whole trailer together. Would have tied it all together very nicely. Yeah, a nice little ballroom blitz. Michael, I'm going to watch it. I've always enjoyed The Boys. You and I have enjoyed The Boys immensely since its its bloody inception. And uh, we're going to keep going. Yeah, still hate the comic, though. Oh, the comic is so dark. So one of the interesting things about this season, Michael, is they filmed the the infamous Herogasm sequence from the comics. Mm. And Herogasm is a big old orgy that all the superheroes go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've filmed it for this, and apparently the actors were so violently uncomfortable while filming this, it was just awful. Oh, um, good. The comic is awful, Michael. It really hasn't aged well, and this show does a wonderful job of taking a great idea and giving it a fair chance. And sanitising it down a little bit, Benjamin, which yeah. is exactly what we were complaining about Daredevil earlier. But it's all about, it's all relative, isn't it, Bev? It's all relative. It's all relative, Michael. In another dimension, uh, everything would be fine. Exactly, Benjamin. Benjamin! Yeah! In the main dimension, not the one we live in, but the main one. Yeah, the one that we visit sometimes. All three seasons of Love, Death and Robots were equally good and high quality. If only, Michael, that was the case in our dimension. Unfortunately, Benjamin, we live in one of the divergent dimensions where season two was a bit hit and miss. Season two was incredibly hit and miss, Michael. I rewatched it in anticipation of season three, and yes... It wasn't just the fact that I wasn't paying attention the first time I watched it, which is often the case. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually genuinely was hit and miss, Michael. It was a bit hit and miss. But Benjamin! Yeah. There's great news. Go on. Season three is online now. Yes. And it's better. It's much better. Yes. Significantly, back to the roots, so to speak, Michael. In many senses, yeah. In some cases, a bit too much, in my opinion. Oh, Michael, you and I are going to have a good time with this one. So, uh, c- come here to me. I will. The, one of the things that's really lacking in, in season two is stronger stories. Yes. Uh, very often they were quite impressive visual displays, but lacked, lacked a little something in the, in the storyboard department. Go on. And then the other thing that they seemed to avoid a little bit more in season two was the old horror element. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't a lot of horror. There was a lot of existential stuff, but not so much just gross. 
Yeah, not so much just, oh, God, wouldn't that be awful? And Michael, season three arguably has a little bit too much, oh, God, wouldn't that be awful? There's a lot of groups of Marines being chopped up by things. It's a, it's very military-centric. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of, don't go in the army or else you get chopped up by something gross. Yeah. So one of the things, I, I think possibly the producers of... Love, Death and Robots realised the misstep that was season two because we opened season one or season three with the robots from season one. Everybody loved them, Benjamin. They're three little comedy fellows. Yeah, in the in the prequel in a prequel to the main events of of season one. Was so it a go. prequel? It was. This was their initial landing on the planet Earth as opposed to Cat uh, Mageddon at the end of season one. So it's oh. a little prequel. This is the beginning of their quest. Oh, was it? I didn't pick up on that, Benjamin, I have yeah. to say. I thought they were just coming back again as uh, as explorers. Nope. Nope. Okay. I didn't pick up on that, Benjamin. Maybe you were paying more attention than me this time. Perhaps. It's entirely seems, possible. Seems unusual. It must be one of the dark parallel dimensions. It Benjamin, is. This is the darkest timeline. Yes. I liked it. You certainly can't accuse that episode of being subtle. Uh, no, it's a bit on the nose, but very enjoyable, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Like, we'll just go over here, we'll take a jab at the leftists. Then we'll go over here, we'll take a jab at the tech billionaires. Then we'll go over here, we'll take a jab at the rightists. It's, Everyone's uh, getting a swing. Everyone's, we're going to take a swing at everyone. It's, uh, yeah, it's not subtle though, Ben, is it? No, not at all. Um, there's a lot, there's a real spearing of uh, billionaire tech culture. Benjamin, was it in that episode where someone said if they'd only learned how to digest microplastics that everything would have been fine? Yes. That was my favourite line of the entire series. It was very, very good, Michael. That was a funny line. I enjoyed it, Benjamin. Very, very good. Uh, I I think overall, uh, for a lot of this... Go on. Uh, it's, it's much stronger tonally than season two. I think... Having compared the two now, season two tried to be a bit more careful. Okay, go on. And avoid certain things, and that just doesn't work for them. The whole appeal of Love, Death and Robots in season one was that it was a bit on the nose sometimes and didn't shy away from more political things. I think Mm. there are several episodes in season three that directly poke fun at American you know, uh, idealism and that, that kind of notion that America is the best. The I believe that's called American exceptionalism. Ben. It is. I, I thank you for uh, correcting the the ship there. Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard the philosophy. American exceptionalism is is uh, poked fun at quite a few times uh, in this, primarily in the three robots example, but also I think a little bit in the, the what do you call it the. Gabe, what was the name of the big bear? Watch out for the big bear, I think it was called. Yeah, watch out for the big bear. That was good. Watch out for the big robotic bear. Yeah. And spoilers for anyone who hasn't been watching. Well, it's not really spoilers. It's established very, very quickly. But spoilers yeah, for anyone who hasn't been watching. Watch out there's a big bear coming. Yeah, it's going to get you. Love, death, and robots. But yeah, there's a big bear coming. And oh boy, you wouldn't want to be in the military, would you? <laughs> no, you wouldn't want to be in the military event because there's watch out there's a big bear coming. And there's oh no, there's a Chitulu in this cave. Yeah. And, there's all sorts of episodes where it's just army men getting killed. And the the funny thing is, as is, is well, it's very famous army men. Yes. The army men, I don't know who was in which episode, but they included Joel McHale, Jai Courtney, Joe Manganiello. Yeah. They're all in there. There's loads of big Seth names in Green, there. Seth Green, yeah. 
loads of big names in this mm. and it's it's very very enjoyable it's it's a much more enjoyable show i have to say the standout for me michael was bad traveling benjamin yeah. i was about to ask you what were your highs and lows go on uh, but the standout for me was bad traveling so david fincher directed one of the episodes and mm. one of the episodes is about a bunch of lads on the high seas who get kind of blackmailed into taking a giant monstrous telepathic crab to an island to feast on people yeah yeah um, and what a, what an episode Michael the animation the tone the writing the steady betrayal ah so fucking good Benjamin my absolute favourite was look at all these little tiny zombie fellows my, my Night of the Living Dead Micro, I think is what that's called. Night of the Micro Dead? My, my, yeah, Something like that. Yeah, that was very good. Absolutely fantastic, Benjamin. I missed that about season one where they experimented with format as well as yeah. storytelling. Um, and I loved it, Benjamin. It reminded me of a recent trend in video gaming called, what's it called? HD, 2D HD or something like that, where, you know, it looked real. Yeah. It didn't look real as in realistic. But it looked like it was made of actual real tiny little models that could pop out of the screen and, and you yes. know. And come and, and get I, you. I absolutely loved it, Ben. I loved the perspective. I loved the little zombie fellas. I loved the people fucking in the graveyard. And that, that, That's so funny. The zombie apocalypse is, called, is caused by two horny teenagers. Yeah, always is, Benjamin. Uh, ben, <sighs> were there any low lights for you? Uh, I really didn't like the the planet is a machine gig the planet's always a machine ben yeah it, it it had lots of poetry so you would think it would appeal to me but i just i felt oh actually no one of the the bigger lows for me actually was swarm i, I just Benjamin, didn't really i'm going care to need you to stop swarm. using the real names of things here you're, you're gonna have to give them descriptive names uh swarm is hive mind planet oh yeah watch out uh, the aliens are really all together I, I enjoyed the initial notion of, you know, um, human, uh, you know, human hubris and thinking we're the center of the universe. That was fun, um, but I hated the animation. It made me very uncomfortable. Benjamin, um, I thought the low point. Go on. Are you going to say something? No, more no. Go on. Go on. I thought the low point was watch out. There's a Chulu in this cave. Uh, go on. Give me more on that. I love it's Chulu being in the cave, Ben. Yeah, I'm mad for it. I'm absolutely mad for it. I think it's you great. You are. You're, you're the um, cosmic horror king of this podcast. Love uh, there being a big Chitulu in a cave. And I love the idea that it was probably the horrible, monstery, gribbly things weren't there. They weren't the baddies. They were to stop Chitulu from being released. Yes. But the animation was a bit um, mannequin-y. And, yeah. And it just came and was so similar to Watch Out the Big Bear is going to get you. But yeah. without the vibrancy or the energy. I, I think Watch Out, There's a Big Bear Coming to Get You is very much a comedy and a parody. And I think it, it falls in line with that excellent episode in season one where it's like, oh, look out, a Dracula's coming to get you. Yeah, yeah, there's lots of Draculas in this cave. And that was real good. And I enjoyed that. And I enjoyed the other one. But yeah, you're right. The, the Uncanny Valley was present a few times in season three. And it's just... I was looking at that one, Ben, going, is that supposed to be Jai Courtney or does just everyone in this universe look like Jai Courtney? Because even the woman looks like Jai Courtney. It looks like the film Men, but everyone's just a CGI Jai Courtney. Yeah, a little bit like that. We, we're going to have to go watch the film Man, or Men, aren't we? Men, yeah, Men, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. yeah it, looks good. I, it looks very unnerving. I'd hate to be a woman in, in this reality. <laughs> Yeah, I'd yeah. hate so to be would, a woman. It's so just awful. She-Hulk, ben, and some of the She-Hulk viewers. Benjamin. Go on. I tell you what, though. Love, Death and Robots Season 3 wasn't the only thing we've seen this week because it's been a mad fucking busy week of pop culture. We've had a, we'd had a, we've had a big old pop culture week, Michael. Non-stop pop culture week. Benjamin, you were presented with the choice of, on last week on Wednesday Night Cinema Club, going to see everything, everywhere, all at once. And... Two different versions of you each made a choice. One of you said, yes, I will go and see it. And the other one said, no, I've got a big itchy bum, so I'm going to stay in and scratch my bottom. And those two bends have now diverged into two wholly separate universes around that key choice. Yep. And I tell you what, the Ben who hasn't seen everything everywhere all at once is living in a much worse universe. I am, yeah. Um, it's pretty bad here. Um, scratching my butt was not the right choice. But <laughs> so there the you go. Choice. Two roads emerged in front of me, Michael, and I took the one that led to arse soothing. Benjamin, everything, everywhere, all at once is an absolutely fantastic film. So I've heard from just about every living soul in this dimension. Everyone is absolutely loving it, Ben. It's multiverses. Okay, will I tell you why everyone's loving it? Go on, tell me more. Because... Everyone loves multiverses at the moment, Ben. They're in. They're so hot right now, Michael. So hot right now. You can't toss a cat for a, without creating a new divergent dimension these days. You shouldn't toss cats, but yes. Don't toss them, although they will land on their feet better than tossing a dog, Benjamin, let's just say. Don't toss the dogs or I'll come and get you and then I'll set Mick on you. Yeah, 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 with my, with my Dublin Bay muscles. Benjamin, <laughs> I tell you, when, when you're going to see this, it seems initially like... Um, it's a multiverse action kung fu action film. And then it becomes a mad psychedelic multiverse mental film. And mm-hmm. then it becomes a family drama. And it was probably a family drama all along and the whole rest of it is metaphor, Benjamin. I but see. It is absolutely fantastic from start to finish, Ben. It is Ooh. the funniest film I've seen in the cinema in an absolute age. The action sequences are impeccable. The the casting, Benjamin, there is not a foot put wrong in casting. It has some of the best casting you've ever seen. You have Michelle Yeoh, Benjamin. Yes. You'd, you'd know her from various films. All and of the films. She's the lead character, Benjamin, and she's married to her husband, Ben Waymond. Oh, yeah. And Way- Waymond is spectacularly played by him out of short round from Indiana Jones. Get out of town! In Benjamin, his first major acting gig in 40 years. Get out of town! And I tell you what, Benjamin, he almost steals it. He almost steals it, does he? He almost steals it. Um, in any other film, he would have absolutely walked away with it because he does it a spectacular performance, Benjamin. But I like it. everyone else is also incredible in it. That's a lot of incredibleness. Benjamin, it is easily my favourite film so far of the year. I laughed. I didn't cry, Benjamin, because I'm a grown man. But I laughed. I I thought that other people would probably cry. I I gasped in shock and horror <laughs> And, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. I'll go into a little bit more spoilers now, Benjamin, but the best way to enjoy this, and I managed it, believe it or not, because they didn't marvel the fuck out of it and ruin everything with trailers. But I think the absolute best way to enjoy it, Benjamin, is 
to go see it apropos of not having any information about it. Yes. And I tell you what, it's 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 streaming already. Is it streaming? It's streaming already, Ben. Where is it streaming? I don't know where it's streaming. It's on some sort of service, but you know, you can see it basically. You can go it's to not the, hard to see. It's not hard to see, but go to the cinema and see it, Benjamin. So, Benjamin, um, Michelle Yeoh plays a character. I've already forgotten her name. Mrs. Wong. Is that her name or are you being racist? No, that's her name. Okay. (laughs) That's her name. And she's married to Short Round from out of um, Indiana Jones. And they're not very successful and they have a bit of a a tricky relationship with their daughter and with her father, with, with, with the grandfather. And it's about, you know, it's about Chinese families coming to... America and being immigrants and starting businesses and dealing with, um, you know, modern society and the impact of tradition, Ben. So they have a daughter, Ben, and she's a lady lesbian. Oh, and a lady lesbian. She's a lady lesbian. And, and Michelle Yeoh's father is staying with them, Benjamin. And he's a very traditional old man. And yes. the whole family drama kicks off about whether they're going to tell the old traditional Chinese man that their, their daughter has a girlfriend. That's fair, yeah. And the whole drama kicks off from there, Ben. And the first 40 minutes or so are a very kind of traditional multiverse action movie. I see. It, it's got some it's got some good stuff in it. It's yeah. got uh, uh like I said, it's got him from out of short round doing some incredible Oh, it's me from an altered dimension. I've changed again and now watch me do a big kung fu and kick this man in the head. And nice. it's funny and light and you're looking at it going, this could be a franchise. This could be a franchise about people hopping around these different dimensions and, and what's going on and the technology behind it and everything. But it very quickly, Ben, it very quickly drops that. Oh? It drops the kind of, this is a standard actioner. Um, it, it, very, it very quickly stops being Jet Li's The One. Okay. You get about... It's it's Jet Li's the one, updated for modern modern audiences for about twenty five minutes. Very good, and it's great. In those twenty five minutes, it's great. It's hilarious. Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, Benjamin, and what's she, she doing there? She's the, she's one of the baddies. Ah, oh, yes. It's and it's it's fantastic. Ben, it is absolutely fantastic. But then it kind of drops the pretense of being an, a multiverse action movie. And becomes an existential mad lunacy thing that's really about love and acceptance. And it's great. Look, I, I'm not going to go too much into it, but one of the best, one of the absolute best things about it is there is not, there are some great gags in it. Go on. There are fa- fantastic gags. They're, they're being audited by Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Ben, for example. No good. And um, she is a great tax auditor, apparently. Okay. And she's won a tax auditor of the year three times in a row. That's pretty and good. The three, the three trophies for tax auditor of the year are on her desk. And they are very humorous looking, Ben. And it, it gets a great laugh from the audience. How humorous these trophies look. Are they phallic? They're very phallic, Benjamin. They're butt, they look like butt plugs. Ah, and everyone has a great laugh about <laughs> the trophy for auditor because tax auditors are butt plugs, Ben. You know, you get you get the joke. Yes, I, I understand. They're but, a real pain in the arse. Exactly, Benjamin. But it keeps coming back, and that's the spectacular thing about it. And every time it comes back, it's more meaningful. Well, that's and, good. 
Every gag in it is like that. This was written with such love and care, Ben. There wasn't Kevin Feige saying, you fucking better put Black Bolt in this. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. And Michelle Yeoh going, oh, okay then. Who we cast? Anson Mount? Fucking Anson Mount. <laughs> but Benjamin, it is absolutely incredible. It is probably my favourite film of the year. Um, I'm going to watch it again this evening, more than likely. You got it again? Good. Yeah, all I, it's like I said, it's on streaming, Ben. And if you do a VPN, you can probably sort that out. You can probably sort that out if you were to, you know, want to really watch it and stuff. Exactly, uh, Benjamin. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that this episode is sponsored by Surfshark. Ah, uh, oh, wouldn't it be great if we were sponsored, though, Michael? By Surfshark? I don't know. I don't care. I'll, I'll just, just take a sponsorship now. If China wants to sponsor this podcast, grand a bunch of lads. Grand bunch of lads, get in there, China. I'll I'll take that. I'm all for it. It's grand. Yes. But come here to me. So it's a, it's a ten out of ten. Dublin, uh, Dublin Bay muscles approved. Oh, it's absolutely great, Benjamin. It, it, look, I'm gonna do. I'll do a bit of criticism because you don't like you don't Ben. You don't like unreserved praise. I uh, so, I actually don't mind unreserved praise at all. In fact, if I had a bit more of it in my life, I'd probably be a happier man. Ah, but, Benjamin, your hair is looking fantastic today. I have to say. Thanks very much, Michael. That's not true. I look like a Benedictine monk on Davis. But anyway, <laughs> yes, that's but at grand. least you put the Ben back into Benedictine monks. Benjamin. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That'd be good on a t-shirt, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> it's slightly suggestive as well, which I like. Yeah. Benjamin. Yes. It's arguably a bit long. It's two hours and 20 minutes, Michael. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, there are sections of it which... A tiny part of my brain was saying, was this a TV show? Was this written as a miniseries? Right. Because they're very... I, I mean, it, it knows that it's broken into distinct sections and it knows that it has very different tones between the different sections. Um, mm-hmm. And it plays with that. And it's great for doing it. But it, it, if you don't like a long film, you're not going to be... There might be sections that some people don't like as much as others. Uh-huh. Like, if you're into the kind of metaphysical, um, the whole multiverse actually really being about love and acceptance, um, you might not love the Kung Fu bits near the start. Right. Or if you were just hoping for it to be two hours and 20 minutes of short round and the lady from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon kicking the shit out of everyone, you might not be super enamoured when it gets weird later. Yeah, that's fair. And Benjamin... I'll be honest with you, the jokes aren't going to suit everyone because there's a lot of dicks. I don't know, Michael. Uh, phallic humor's been around for millions of years. Everybody loves a phallus, Ben. That was the name. That was one of the names we suggested for this podcast. Um, yeah, it didn't really take with test audiences, though. <laughs> no, um, we couldn't get it on Spotify. Yeah, it wasn't allowed. So anyway, thing. go see it, Benjamin. Close your eyes, Benjamin. Um, do something. Oh, one of the best things about it, Ben, is. Uh, it proposes that, you know, every every decision people make creates a universe. Oh, it's a classic. So, you know, every uh, every action that someone takes or doesn't take creates a new universe. And some of those universes are drastically different and some of them are almost identical. Yes, very little and, to change. Exactly. And the further, the bigger the change or the more random the change, the further off into the universe it goes. Hmm. So your local universe is, you know, full of basically very similar copies of you who have made small changes, different decisions in their life. 
but then as you get further and further, you've made bigger and bigger changes and the universe is more and more different. So you diverge just that little bit more. Exactly, Benjamin. Very but good. you close your eyes, Benjamin, and you think of a universe where you did decide to go see everything everywhere all at once and you but might be able to send your consciousness into that universe and uh, probably things would be a little bit better. I'd probably be a much happier man, Muggle. Yeah, the whole, the whole, the audience should also do that, or just go see it. Just go see it as well. That's the other option. Well, Michael, come here to me. In a universe where this podcast is in any way successful, <laughs> um, we decided to take a look at the multiverse episode uh, and have a look at multiverses that aren't Marvel centered because they do seem to dominate the discourse, Michael, on that exact topic. But come here to me. Sadly, we're not in that dimension. But if we were, lots of people would listen to it and we'd probably get a good bit of feedback. But instead, we're here, Michael, and we're still going to cover the topic in the vain hope that it'll happen. We'll get a bloody sponsorship deal from Surfshark. Close your eyes, Benjamin, and imagine a world where we're sponsored by Surfshark. I still have largely the same amount of problems, but a little bit more money in my bank account. That's quite nice. <laughs> yeah, like three fifty a month would be incredible. Benjamin. Yeah. You've written a little running order list here, and the first thing you've put in is called A Darker Shade of Magic. And what I've said to you is, this is what I've said to you, what I've said to you is, what the fuck is that? So, Michael, if you had been paying any attention during the times when good friend of the podcast, Connor, has been here, oh, I love you would Connor's remember here. A Darker Shade of Magic. I think it's, huh? a, it's a song by Steps, isn't it? Ooh. It's a song by Steps, yeah, a absolutely. Darker Ooh, a darker shade of magic. A darker shade of magic. Yeah, mm. that's it. I don't know what we... What, uh, our love is not going to be tragic. I was trying to find something yeah. that rhymed with magic. It's very difficult. Nothing Nothing rhymes with magic. Tragic. I just did it. Mm. I just nailed it. You nailed it, Ben. You Tell stick to Dublin is. Bay muscles and I'll stick to rhyming, right? Just fuck's sake. Anyway... <laughs> One of the first ones that I wanted to take a look at, Michael, is the the fantasy series by V.E. Schwab. Oh, yeah. Called A Darker Shade of Magic. And it's it's based on an old book, Michael. Very based exciting Schwab. Um, and you'll remember, having listened to that episode with Connor, that he said that the first book of that trilogy is the best. And then it feels like it was a little bit stretched out. Okay. As if the publishers had such success with that one. They were like, you've got to give us more now. And V.E. Schwab was like, oh, I haven't really... It's kind of a one and done gig, guys, but it wasn't. Mm. But anyway, the initial book, the the premiere book, the debut of this yes. particular series, A Darker Shade of Magic, is phenomenal, Michael. Oh, do go on. Yeah, so it's based around a special kind of wizard. Oh, yeah. And this special kind of wizard is far, part of an, uh, an ancient race that can hop between dimensions. Oh, that's useful because you can go to all the different multiverses where you have different skills. Yeah, so he belongs to a world called Red London. Oh, I remember this. There's Red London, there's Grey London, that's our London. There's yeah, Purple absolutely. London. Exactly. And Red London is a magic-filled London, uh, brimming to the gills, Michael. Yes. With a little bit of magic. Oh, very good. Um, and it's a monarchy system, and it's very strange, uh, but it's very, very good, Michael. Uh, and it's it's probably the best of those worlds available, right? Hmm. Now, when yes. you use magic, Michael, yeah, there is a cost. It always is. There always is, Michael. It's no good. Uh, and in the red, in red London, magic is used very responsibly. Okay, go um, on. It's only used for the betterment of the city, and there are strict rules and punishments against um, overusing magic. Right? Okay, what what are the punishments, man? Do you go to the pleasure spheres? 
You don't go to the pleasure spheres, Michael. You'd probably end up more in a punishment cube. Oh, no. Yeah, it's no good. Like but anyway, room, come here then. to me. Come here to me. This yes. fella does be hopping around dimensions. All ruling class systems are aware of alternate dimensions. And it is this messenger's job to hop between dimensions. So if he goes to Grey London, Michael, Grey London is our London. And it's almost utterly devoid of magic. Oh, right. It's largely left the world. But, Michael, what that means is that Grey London is a much more stable universe than the other three. Oh, and now, Brexit. What you don't want to do, Michael, is travel to Black London. Black London is a place where magic consumed everything and it's a desolate wasteland. Oh, like in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Absolutely, Michael. But the other thing that you really don't want to do is go to White London. And quite often, this young wizard, whose name I forgot to mention, it's Kel. Kel the young wizard, yeah. Yeah, so Kel is like a messenger and he's very powerful because he can slip between dimensions and he's got a magic eye. It's a whole thing. Doesn't matter. Read the book. They but always have a magic eye, Ben. What you don't want to do, Michael, is deal with White London too often. And the reason you don't want to do that is White London is like Red London. It's brimming with magic. But right. it's the in-between state between an orderly world with magic and Black London, which has been devoured by magic. Because magic use in London is based on the Nietzschean or in white London is based on the Nietzschean ideal of right makes might or might oh, makes so right survival of the fittest Ben I think you survival mean. of the fittest so what they have is a constantly rotating monarch because if you're strong enough to assassinate the current king you take mm. his place yeah like the Nietzschean prides of the TV show Andromeda yeah it's like that yeah yeah very good very exciting yeah. and Benjamin how does the multiverse factor in can people are people ever hopping between them? So this is the thing. Certain people, the, really the only people who can do this are Kel and people like Kel. Oh, do go on. They're the only ones who can easily move between dimensions. But the threat is, Michael, that certain people from White London are attempting to crumble the multiverse and take over other places. Ah, oh, bloody White London. Now, they don't know how to do it. Oh, good. Uh, because they're not like Kel, but they're hoping to ensnare people like Kel to make it more accessible. Mm. That makes sense. It so it's does. a whole thing. It's a very interesting multiverse idea, Michael. And it works really, really well because it's set over one city. Yes. Um, because the, the, the worry about multiverses is obviously the scope is infinite then. Yeah. And sometimes your story can get a bit away from you. Exactly, Ben. Yeah, and that's that's a big old problem, Michael. So you want a nice local multiverse story, and the Darker Shade of Magic series does an excellent job of that. I thoroughly recommend you watch it. But uh, tell, Michael, t- speaking- t- tell me this, Benjamin. Tell me this before what? you go on. In that universe, Benjamin, is there a different version of Ben in every one of the four? Yeah, and none of them have seen everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh no, it's all bad universes. <laughs> and Benjamin, is it is it the kind of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness one where? every version of Ben is played by the same actor or is it the Spider-Man No Way Home style where everyone is played by a different actor? Um, it is the Doctor Strange everyone is played by the same actor one. Um, the only creatures that are unique within the multiverse are people like Kel. There's only one of them. Oh, like America Chavez. Yeah, a little bit like America Chavez. Yeah, exactly. Um, same idea. So that's that's how it works in that world. I see. Yeah, Benjamin. Yeah. A lot of people are saying, all of this multiverse stuff now, you can't turn your head without hitting a multiverse. Yeah. And it's all very modern and part of the modern pop culture landscape. But I tell yeah. you what, 
I've travelled back, I've travelled to an alternate dimension, Benjamin, where it's the year 2001. Uh, and oh, the okay. Matrix has only been out for two years. Oh, God. And, you know, not everything's about multiverses, Ben, but I have seen the original multiverse film, Ben, Jet Li's The One. Go on. So, Benjamin, imagine that you know, there's a there's a multiverse, right? Yeah. And there are infinite dimensions, but yeah. there, there actually really aren't actually infinite dimensions. But there's loads of them anyway. And they all exist as kind of bubbles. Oh, and now bubble. travel between the bubbles is possible. But because, Benjamin, it's the early 2000s, and the early 2000s were really just a hangover from the 90s. They were. Um the first thing that anyone did was establish a bureaucratic cop agency to monitor the multiverse. Oh, fun. Exactly, Ben. Like the Time Variance Authority or Time Cop or any of those things that we've talked about a hundred times before on the podcast, but this time for the multiverse. Right. But, Benjamin, they haven't hired, like, high-tech super agents or something. It's just Jason Statham. Ah, oh, it's Jason Statham. It's Jason Statham, Ben. It's a young... Well... I, I wanted to say a young Jason Statham, but he looks exactly the same. I'm convinced Jason Statham was born 50. Yeah, he's a vampire. He's an ageless vampire. The only thing is, this was before someone had the good sense to tell him, just shave your head, Jason, please. Does he still have hair? He's no, Well, he probably thinks he does, but I would argue that he doesn't. And um, so Jason Statham and Jet Li, Ben, they're kind of time cops, but not for time, for dimensions. Ooh. And... Jet Li, Ben, he kills another Jet Li in another dimension. Shouldn't do that. But in this universe, Ben, in this multiverse, if you kill someone in another dimension, the energy of that person's life force goes out into the universe. But it doesn't just dissipate, Ben. It goes out and is shared amongst the remaining versions of that person. So they get stronger? So they get stronger, Ben. So if you were, for example, let's say there were 200 Ben Colopies in the multiverse... Yes. Now, I think that is an incredibly low number. But let's yeah, just say... there's a lot more of me out there. Of course there is, because if every decision leads to a new dimension, there are actually infinite of you. But that, that doesn't make a good film, Ben, because it would be very hard to kill infinite number of you. Yeah, it's quite difficult. You need a good, achievable number. Exactly. So let's say about 123. And if you kill one, uh, his power gets divided amongst all the rest of them, Ben. So everyone gets a tiny bit stronger and faster and more intelligent. Well, that's good, isn't it? But Benjamin, as you know, because you understand numbers. Yes. uh, In numeracy, Ben, as the numbers go down, let's say you've killed off 50 of them. That's going to start making a big difference. It is. And if you you notice this, Ben, you might decide, what's going to happen if I kill all of them? How powerful will I be? Exactly. And I become the last Jet Li. I like it. I'll be like a god amongst men. So that's what the bad Jet Li decides he's going to do, Ben. So he hops around the multiverse, killing off all the other Jet Lees. Michael, that's great. I'll tell you, Ben, he's got a plan and he's sticking to it. So Jet Li watched the Highlander once upon a time and said, oh, I'll do that in multiple dimensions. Exactly. Uh, it's, It's like Highlander times time cop, Ben, multiplied by dimensions. That's great. And they sent Jason Statham out for him. Jason Statham's like... Oh, I've got to catch him, and I don't know if I'm doing an American accent or not. I don't know where. Oh, I'm from a dimension. I'm from a dimension where Al Gore is president. 
<laughs> is that it? Is that that's how they tell us it's another dimension, Ben? It's one of my favorite moments. It's like President Al Gore announced today. Like that probably was amazing and mind blowing in two thousand one, but now it's pretty tame. But Benjamin, <laughs> yeah. If you kill all but two, and there are only two of you left, you've got so many superpowers, you're running real fast, you're able to turn people into, like, crappy-looking CG bodies and then kick them about the place. You're able to have a big... You're you're able to fence with motorbikes. Um, You're able to run super fast, but maybe they forgot to put the um, the post effects on it, so you're just running at a normal speed from cars that are driving very slowly. Um, There's all sorts of cool things you can do. Ooh. You can be married to bloody Carla Gugino if you like. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's my top choice for an alternate dimension, but okay. It's Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic, Ben. Um, it's actually not a terrible movie. It's kind of all right. The but reviews online would argue strongly against your point. <laughs> maybe it was ahead of its time, Ben. It possibly was. But no, it, I mean, it is a terrible movie. But in my opinion, it deserves to be remembered with... Highlander and um, Time Cop and all of those other dumb Universal Soldier. It, it's up there with them. It, it's from that period. It's one of the more memorable ones. Yeah, all right. And it explains the multiverse with a crawl at the start saying, there's not one universe, there's a multiverse, which was probably fucking mind-blowing in 2001. It possibly, yeah. <laughs> Possibly. So comic books have been doing this for the longest time, Michael. But I think one of the things, you know, that alienates people from the multiverse theory that early on is that it's comic books. And people just go, oh, it's a comic book thing. And eh. But I think probably one of the things that's made it more mainstream to tackle the multiverse narrative is, of course, one Richard and Mortimer. Oh, Benjamin, I think it all hangs on that, really. I, I think a huge chunk of the current obsession with multiverses in our popular culture probably stems from those two strange creations by one Justin Roiland. Go on. Do go on. So I think in the past, the big the big threat of multiverse narratives and time travel narratives is you can't change anything because mm. we don't have the budget to render the world that you create. Yes. Okay. Um, and then they'd, they'd often create bizarre rules, like if you did, don't touch your double in a multiverse, don't don't do mm. it, because uh, I'll wreck hard everything. To deal with CG. Uh, yeah, we don't we don't have the tech to render two of you in the same space, so you're not allowed to interact with your your multiverse partner. And none of that made any sense. And then, Michael, of course, animation being the perfect vehicle to render multiple universes, uh, no matter how divergent or strange or unusual, it came along. And we got Rick and Morty. And Rick and Morty is irreverent in every sense of the word, Michael. But one of the great ways that it's irreverent is it's like, do you know what? Multiverses don't fucking matter. They don't matter. Go ahead and chill in another universe and create a Cronenberg verse. It's fine. I'll just find another one where we died and I'll take that spot. Incredible, Ben. What like that is a mind blowing concept because that was the main universe. It, that's that's the universe we were introduced to as an audience. That's the one yeah. that we believed was the prime. You know, that was Rick Prime yeah, for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden he throws it away. He's like, "Oh, everybody died. Sorry." Yeah, we're in a different universe now. Incredible bit of storytelling. And suddenly, Michael, you know, the Beth that we had and the, the the Jerry that we had and the Summer that we had, they're not them anymore. No, different, different we ones. We left from them different... behind. Incredible. 
And not only did they do this once, Michael, but from there they just did it constantly. It's just fucking about it all the time, Ben. Fucking about with it all the time. And eventually Morty has that now infamous speech, I guess, where it's like, nothing really matters, come watch TV. Mm. And it's it's a whole thing. It's it's bizarre. It's a yeah, real very- mind fuck. But it introduced the playful quality of the multiverse. And for better or worse, that has caught on in a massive way. Um, I tell you what, Ben, I yeah. read or saw an interview with the writers of Multiverse of Madness, I think, and they credited Rick and Morty as being not necessarily an inspiration, but showing that it can be done. Yeah. And that people will buy into it and that you can establish another universe and that you don't have to do a Jet Li's The One and explain the multiverse at the start of your film anymore. Yeah. People get it, mostly because of Rick and Morty. Yeah, I think Rick and Morty was the primer that kind of uh, injected it into the culture and made it widespread knowledge that multiverse theory is a thing. Mm. Which is really weird when you think about it. Benjamin. Yeah. There was an excellent multiverse show um, which predates Rick and Morty by quite a few years and never really, I felt, got the success that it deserved. Do you know what I'm going? Do you know where I'm going with this? Are you going to mention something in a children's playground? No, I wasn't going to mention something in the children's playground, Benjamin. I was going to mention Fringe. Oh, I thought you were going to say Sliders. No, it's fucking Sliders. How did we forget about Sliders? <laughs> I haven't. It's, it's, it's written down the here. Sliders. <laughs> sliders invented the multiverse, Benjamin. There's the professor. There's Jerry or Luke O'Connell. I can't remember. Abs- absolute classic Sliders. There's Cro-Magnons, Ben. Is that what they were called? Yep. Benjamin, how are we? Talk more about Sliders. Uh, Sliders is an American television series, Michael. Um, <laughs> there were five seasons of this. Yeah, wildly varying quality. Wildly varying quality, Michael. They ran from 1995 to 2000, uh, and Jerry O'Connell is in it, and he plays yeah. Quinn Mallory. That's who he plays. Yeah. <laughs> then there's Rembrandt Brown. One of the best names for a character of all time. Benjamin, something bad happened to him, if I remember correctly. Did he yeah, get lost I can't in remember exactly what it is. I need to find it somewhere. Mm. But it has this, like, Jonathan Rhys Davies was in it before Gimli. Do you remember yeah, him? Yeah, he was the professor, wasn't he? He was the professor. He was. He was Maximilian Ar- Arturius, or I can't remember what his name is. Yeah, great. But it's Harry Wurr was in it, Ben. Say again for me. Carrie Wurr was in it. Carrie Wurr was in it as Wade Wells. Is it Wade Wells? Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Yeah. So basically, it it centers around this idea that um, there's a group of people who can travel between Earths into parallel universes uh, because one man created a wormhole that does Mm. this. So there's a little handheld timer device. It's peak 90s television, Michael. There's a MacGuffin and everything. Um, And this traveling is then called sliding between dimensions. Mm. Yeah. So they're just called sliders. As opposed to being a delicious burger, it's a group of meddling people who travel between dimensions. Exactly, Ben. It was before the invention of DMs. So um, people weren't, people were understanding sliding into the DMs a bit differently. Yeah, it was a little bit different, Michael. It was a little bit. Now it's a a fuckboy term, but it wasn't originally. Um, So unfortunately, Michael, the gang use, uh, the, the gang get themselves into a dangerous situation and they have to use the emergency kind of escape button and then they end up lost. They can't find the coordinates for their home universe. Except that one time where they do and there's a squeaky gate, but they don't realise it and they leave. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing. A fucking existential nightmare, that episode. <laughs> Imagine finding your universe and be like, oh no, it's off. 
It's no, the all... gate's supposed to be squeaky or not supposed to be squeaky. I don't remember. But yeah, it's mad. So um, that's that's exactly what happens, Michael. And they kind of hop around dimensions and get involved in things. It's it's very much a, a kind of Stargate vibe, but with a bit more comedy, Michael. A little bit more comedy, Benjamin. And it suffered from that period of TV where that period of TV is, I think, almost infamous for finding it hard to keep hold of writers and actors and yeah. and, and kind of have a, uh, for want of a better term, a five-year vision. Because wildly different cast, they replace the main cast a couple of times and then characters are suddenly and unexpectedly killed off or replaced or... Yeah. And, like, it... That whole era of television is like that. Sliders, like Babylon 5, there it was just constant back then. And they just kept bringing it back. So, like, I mean, Fox cancelled and then Sci-Fi, of all channels, picked it up. Um, a bunch of lads in Sci-Fi for picking but, up TV shows. But Jerry O'Connell left um, after season three. It's yeah. just like, and then it was just like, okay, I'm out. Alright, <laughs> um, so a mad show, and that would have been one of the earliest examples that we'd seen in mainstream television of that, but Michael, coming back to what you were talking about. Yes. What, what, were, you, what were you going to talk about? I was going to talk about Fringe, Benjamin, because Fringe did very well. Did they? Fringe is, Fringe is a much underrated show, Benjamin. It's great. It is absolutely fabulous. Anna Torv is incredible in it. She's a, she's, what's she in now? She was in, um... She was in, oh, look, everyone's uh, serial killers. What was that called? Um, Let's figure out what these serial killers are up to. Mindhunter. 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 Um, she was in Mindhunter and she kind of got her due then. But um, Fringe was fantastic. It didn't really start as a multiverse show. But, oh, by God, was it as it turned out. And it was a big cr- old multiverse show by the end. Well, no, it wasn't. It was never a big old multiverse show because it limited itself to two or maybe three. There might have been a third or a fourth in the in the last one. But we don't but, talk um, about those. Yeah, no, it, but it's quite, it's it, it's kind of the opposite of um of Sliders or the X-Files or any of those shows because it comes from a little bit later when you could lock bigger name actors down into five or six year contracts and get your vision done and up on screen. Yeah. So it doesn't suffer from halfway through having to introduce a whole new cast and go, how are we going to resolve this now? And it's great. You should give give, give Fringe a watch. Or um, if you're watching it on American TV, obviously it's called Bangs. But what's it? <laughs> Fuck you. Um, that got me. I fell for that hook, line and sinker. In an alternate universe, ladies and gentlemen, there's a version of me that doesn't feel like such a fucking dumb fuck. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Mick is flexing his Dublin Bay muscles. But if you'd like to be in a universe where you don't have to see that, let us know in a couple of different places what your favourite tackling of a multiverse is. Um, what, what kind of dimension would you be in if your life was better? Tell us all about it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you can find us in a couple of different places. We're up on the interwebs at www.shomrabeug.com S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com It means a tiny room in Irish. It means tiny in room universes. in Irish. You can find us on Instagram at your Luxury Listen Podcast. Always updated with the latest in pop culture news and tidbits. Uh, in one dimension, yep. Um, and then, ladies and gentlemen, finally, the best yes. way to get in touch with us is to get up on that Discord, baby! Hop up on it, Ben. It's full of interesting chat and facts in every dimension. 
in every gosh darn dimension we can think of. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't had enough of us this week, you can join us on Wednesday where we'll be talking about bloody agents of hate. What's next wave? Agents of hate. Next wave. Oh, we're doing that, are we? That's happening. Okay. Yeah, that's a thing. Anyway, okay. that's it from us, ladies and gentlemen. Talk to you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's on Collecting Issues, our other podcast, the bi-weekly comic book book club. Ben has forgotten to say that. But don't yeah, worry, I've got him covered. I've got him but covered. in another universe, Michael, I nailed it. You bloody nailed it, Ben, in every universe. Look at you with your Benedictine. You're putting the Ben back in Benedictines. <laughs> <laughs>